Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, man. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm glad to be back at you again. If you haven't already checked out our recovery uh, virtual groups, I encourage you to check the page out. It's in the description in the link below. And uh, we are newly starting our recovery groups. We're going to start off with two. And uh, if you want for more information on that, uh, go ahead and click on the link that's inside of the description. If you're new here, this is a podcast dedicated to Christian men inside of recovery to live an awesome, powerful, uh, spirit-filled life. So if that's you, welcome. So we're going to continue our topic about power. I want to just revisit one thing, and that is it is said of Jesus that with authority and a power, he commands the unclean. And so what that means for our life is to to rise up, to stand in our authority. If you haven't checked out that uh, episode, I encourage you to go back a couple episodes ago and listen to that um, um, podcast about authority. But with authority and power, he commands the unclean. And so what we got to understand is the power is at our disposal, that we have access to that power. And so what we're going to go into detail today is what does that power do? What does that power mean? Who is that power? And so first of all, I just want to say that the power is the ability of God. It's not some energy. It's not some force field. It's not whatever. It's the power is a person, and the person is the Holy Spirit. And that's where that's the premises of what I am talking about here. And so we're going to go to in the effects of this power in Luke 4, uh, 5.17, sorry, Luke 5.17, it says, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And so in this verse, the, the power uh, is correlated with healing. And if, if I were to say an equation, it would be, you know, God being present there and his power equals healing. And what we got to understand is that healing is supposed to make us sound it is supposed to make us whole again. The very word implies to make well again and to restore. You see, everything about God is to return us back to our original state. And that is the original state before the fall. And that is connection and power with God and relationship with God. But on the flip side, the the effects of the fall were running scared, hiding, and lying, and blame-shifting, and failing to take responsibility, and all of those things. And so God wants to bring us back to our previous state. That is the state of power, the state of connection, the state of relationship. And that what that's what the power is supposed to do inside of our lives. And so many people want the the miraculous signs and wonders and all of these things. But if the power doesn't come and operate in our life and begin to make us whole, if the power doesn't come into our life and begin to restore us, then all the supernatural miraculous things are all for nothing. And so first this power comes to operate inside of our hearts, inside of our lives to make us sound and to make us whole. You see, God is all about holistic living. God wants us to walk in the abundant life, um, the 
The apostle said to his people, I wish above all things that you would prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so God is just like a daddy. And a daddy believes and wants this for his child. What what do you want for your child? You want them to be whole. And that is to live a holistic lifestyle where the overall are healthy in every single area of their life. I don't know any father who doesn't want their child to be whole. I don't know any, any father who wishes a sickness or disease upon their child. I don't know any father who, who wants their, their children to uh, exceedingly suffer or experience trauma. And so what we got to understand, if we're being you know, evil, as, as, as Jesus said, how much more were your heavenly father? And so we look at these, these worldly concepts of father and say no father would ever uh, uh, inflict disease upon their child to teach them a lesson. No father would, would want their child to experience extreme poverty, that they would have to sell their own body. Right, so no father in their right mind would want these things, but yes, we put these ideas and these things upon God, not understanding that God wants us to live holistically, and that is that means this: is that God's re- concerned about your relationships. God's concerned about your marital relationship. God's concerned about your relationship with your friends, the relationship with your children. God is a relationship, God. He is the father and he's come to build a family and we are part of his family and we are called sons and daughters of the king, right? And so what we got to understand is, is that with this, this idea of family, that God wants us to live holistically. And that's what the power of God operating in our life is to accomplish. What good is it to have an amazing marriage, but to be spiritually dead? What good is it to have, to be spiritually alive yet have your kids and your wife hate you? And so you could see how holistic living is a must. If I am to operate in my full capacity, that is to fulfill the mission and the purpose that, that God has for my life, then I must do it holistically. Because here's the reality. If my body's going to fall apart and I'm not able to accomplish the things then the mission gets aborted because of my health. And so what we got to understand that God has come to save the whole us, the whole being. Now, many people say, you know what? God's just come to save my soul. But God wants to do some restoration inside of your marriage. God wants to do some restoration with the relationships that you have. And God wants to do some restoration inside of your business. You see, when we come to Christ, we come lacking in all of these areas of our life. And the spiritual side must be taken care of first, because there's no way you're going to build an awesome marriage if you don't have any character. There's no way you're going to build an awesome business if you don't have integrity. And so what needs to take place first is the coming into the the spiritual side of life and to begin to increase that and make you sound and make you whole in that area so it can begin to overflow to the other areas of your life. God restores the soul first, and then he begins the restoration into the different areas of our life. 
Luke 9, 1 says this, he gave them power and authority. And this is when he sent his disciples out to preach the kingdom. He gave them power and authority. And what you'll find in that verse, which is amazing, which um, a lot of people try to contradict, the people that don't believe in the supernatural, but he told them to heal the sick. Now, we get this uh, a little bit twisted, but here's the reality uh, of things, that when we begin to experience the healing inside of our marriage, when we begin to experience the healing inside of our finances, the healing inside of our soul, the healing in our, our mind, in our mindset, our belief systems, and our paradigms, when we begin to experience those radical healings and restorations in those areas, we find the power to do the same for others. And that same healing that we have, that we receive, is the same healing that we give to other people. So it's no surprise to me that when Jesus sent out his disciples, he told them to heal the sick. And he told them to have authority over evil. And what we have today is a is a weak form of Christianity. And Christian men are becoming beggars and begin to, you know, plead that God might do these things. And we don't understand that it's supposed to happen in us first, that it empowers us and happens inside of our life, that it begins to overflow to other people. You see, God has provided. There's nothing else that God has to do except to come back. And that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's, it's, it's supposed to operate in our hearts and in our lives and begin to reach other people. But what we're often doing as we're pleading for miracles instead of walking inside the authority that we have been given. If you don't believe me yet, Luke 10, 19 says, he gave them power over the enemy. Who's that? His disciples. Are you a disciple? Have you chose to follow him? You see, and what's true of them is true of you because you are in him and he is in you. And so what this is saying is saying, I give you power over the enemy. I give you power to tread, and that means that any evil, anything that's detrimental is under your feet. So it doesn't matter what problem you're facing, addiction, trauma, it doesn't matter because the reality is, is that those things are under our feet and that we have been given the power to tread and to walk over those things. You see, what, what begins to happen when we don't believe that we have power over the enemy? We begin to think that the enemy has power over us. And this comes very first inside of addiction and recovery. We think addiction is, is big and powerful and it's bigger than us. And then, of course, we let it have power over us. But then the message of truth and the message of reality comes. It says, you have power over your enemy. And your enemy that I'm talking about in this sense is whatever is causing you dysfunction, whatever is causing you pain. 
It could be your mindset. It could be your belief systems. It could be unforgiveness. It could be addictions. It could be uh, um, perversions and pornographies and, and all of these things that could have power over you. But here's the reality, that you have been given power over your enemy. Now, people don't walk in that is because they don't believe in that. And your lifestyle and your your sobriety, your your recovery will manifest what you believe. If you don't believe that you have given power to tread, that you have authority and power, you won't walk in it. If you don't believe that healing has come for the restoration of your life to begin to walk in holistic living, then you won't experience the reality of it. If you don't understand and fully grasp that you have been given the power to tread and that you have power over your enemy, then you won't experience the reality of those things. Jesus went so far to say is that nothing will hurt you. Oh, we need men to rise up today and say, and say you know what? My enemy is this. This is my enemy. This is what I'm battling. And guess what? I have power to tread over that enemy. I have power over that enemy and nothing will by any means hurt me. Mm. Powerful realities. Luke 24, 49, it says, wait for the power. Wait for the power. Because many people say, you know, the power is not for us. And what is crazy is that he told the disciples to wait for the power. The actual um, words were, until you be endued with power from on high. And this this word endue means to endow. It means to invest, array, clothe, put on. It means to furnish yourself with something. It means that somebody has provided something for you freely or naturally. And so we are. he told his disciples to wait. Now, what is crazy, many people believe that it has stopped there, that the, the, this miraculous power is supposed to be for the early church age and not for us today. And Jesus combated that because he wanted to make sure that, uh, that people understood. So it is actually written that it's for you and for your children's children and all who are far off, whoever, that is whoever, me, you, and whoever will believe, whoever will call upon his name. And then Acts 180 is told, they all received power after the Holy Ghost came upon them. Just in case you're not convinced, we're going to go ahead and cover a couple more. But in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, it says, my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I love this because, you know, Paul wouldn't have got a charismatic speaking award, right? Actually, he, um, from what we know of him, that he was a very small man. And what is crazy is that he didn't go into this boisterous thing and have little man syndrome, right? He said, you know what? The message that I gave to you was very plain. It was very simple. I didn't come to you with, you know, all this wisdom and all this, you know, eloquence in my speech and, and these nice flowery speeches that inspire you and, and make you cry. No, my preaching was very plain and I relied on the power. 
Once again, we are talking about this word power and dunamis, the dynamite. What it really actually is, is for healing and holistic living inside of our heart. But uh, Paul was saying that I relied on the power of the Spirit. What is going to cause us to walk in victory today? What is going to cause us to triumph over everything that we are facing? What is going to cause us to live this holistic lifestyle that is filled with power? I've got the answer for you right here, and it's rely on the power of the Spirit. You see, this is supposed to be the foundation of any form of recovery. And that is, I once relied on the power of the flesh. I once relied on substances. I once relied on people. But now I'm going to choose to rely on the power of the Spirit. And guess what begins to happen? We get power of the Spirit kind of results. You know, when we were in the strength of the flesh, we got fleshly results. But now that we have come to the Spirit and begin to rely upon Him, we can get the power of the Spirit kind of results. Not convinced yet? 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God is not a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. What we have today is a lot of talk. You know, a lot of man-made doctrines and, and, and systemized theology and all this stuff that, that begins to give us health, head knowledge and, and puff us up. Um, but we know that knowledge puffs up, but love is what causes people to grow and to expand. I remember this quote that I probably read like 20 years ago, but it said, what, would it, what good is it to discourse profoundly concerning the Trinity— but be void of humility and thereby dishonor the Trinity. And what this quote means is it doesn't matter how eloquently you can describe God or heaven or things in the Bible, but be void of humility and thereby dishonor all of those things. You see, what is paramount is humility and love. And so what we have today is a lot of talk, but with no power. In fact, uh, I believe that Paul said in Timothy that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. And that is a form of religiosity, a form of worship, uh, a form of system to reach God or to reach heaven. But in all of this religiosity and these experiences, it's all void of any power. It's just rituals. In fact, you know, some of the rituals we we have maintained throughout thousands of years and they have really no biblical merit whatsoever, which is crazy. So it's all about living by God's power. Second Corinthians 4 7. For we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not of us. You see, there's an important reality about this power that is not from us. This amazing ability, this ability to live the abundant life, the ability to be connected to God, the ability to begin to live holistically. 
And all of these things, they don't come from the power of man. They come from the power of God. And so what that means inside of our cover, our recovery is this, is that when it comes to this ability, it didn't come and originate from myself, that it's only because God has decided to take a residency inside of me that I have this amazing ability to live this abundant life. It's only because he has decided to be, I make his home, make his abode inside of me that I have this joyous disposition. It's only because the power of God. Continuing on, we got a couple more. Ephesians 3.16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, I'll say that again. I pray for that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And that word strength is the same word power here, and it's the same word dunamis. And he was saying, I pray his glorious, he's got these unlimited resources that he will empower you with dunamis through his spirit. God wants to empower you with the power to begin to live a life that is powerful. Two more, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. You see, the quality of our life, whether we're thriving, whether we're getting results, whether we're connected to God and are spiritually on fire, everything is connected to the according to the power of God that works within us. And we will thrive and we will grow and we will expand and we will have an awesome life only according to the power that works within us. And the way this works is according to what we allow the power to do inside of our lives. And that is going to the dark places, the crevices of our hearts and our subconscious mind and let the power dwell there. And be willing to face and to look at the reality of some of our belief systems, our mindsets, and our paradigms. And begin to be exposed in a sense that we can begin to repent and think something differently. That way we can get different results. But results are always according to the power that we allow to operate inside of our hearts and inside of our lives. Second Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. And lastly, 2 Peter 1.3, my personal favorite, that his divine power, I'll say that again so you catch it, his divine power has, say has, given us everything we need for a godly life. I'll run it by one more time because you got to catch this. His power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. So it's his power that has given us. And these are past tense, has. This is something that has taken place in the past. 
See, many thing, many people are trying to get something from God, not understanding that His divine power has given us, past tense, everything that we need. And so we experience lack. We experience frustration and disappointment, and we begin to cry out because we don't have everything that we need. And we're asking God to do something that He has already done. You see, when it comes to everything that we need for a godly life, it has been accomplished for us. It is a reality and it is a fact, and it's only appropriating that, believing that, and me beginning to rise in my authority and walk in that, that I actually experience it. Because God may have given everything for a godly life and everything that we need. But people don't experience it for multiple different reasons. And the first reason is, is that they just don't know what it is that, that God wants to give us. Uh, the second reason is, is that they are trying to get him to do something new and to do something now, not understanding that it is already done. You see, when something is already done, I can just experience the reality of it. Let's just talk about a will and a testament for a minute. If I became the heir of a fortune and the, the person has already died and has already been left to me and it has been placed within my hands, the only thing that I need to do is begin to take advantage of it, to believe it, and to appropriate it. If I was given an inheritance and I didn't believe that it was really mine, if I didn't truly believe that it was mine to have and to hold and to experience the reality of it, or I didn't even know that it existed, then I wouldn't experience the reality of those things. And so here's the bottom line. His divine power, his dunamis has given us everything that we need for a godly life. And it's about time that men begin to rise up and to believe that and begin to tap into that power so they can begin to walk this out. That's a powerful, powerful message. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.